Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer from Blue and Gold here with uh, Tyler Horka. Tim Hyde's out today. He told me why. Some He had some kind of family thing going on. I can't remember. But, yeah, we got Tyler Horka, who is always a uh, highly requested guest on our show here. So I'm um, excited to have Tyler on here. I hope everyone's doing well. I just spilled an entire drink before we started uh, going live here. So um, that's always a, a fantastic way to uh, – to start a show. Tyler, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, and my drink is still in my cup, so I'm doing better than you are. <laughs> yeah, my, my lovely wife just brought me a new one. I'm feeling under the weather. Yesterday, I was not sure if we were going to be able to have today's show because uh, I felt like I got hit by a truck yesterday, but drinking a liquid IV to, um, yeah, do what a liquid IV does, and and uh, the words are not coming to my brain right now. What what? Yeah. Sorry, I make you feel better. They hydrate make you. Feel better, hydrate. That's that's a lot of things. Yeah. All right, so let's uh let's get into today's show. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh some Notre Dame wide receiver position. Um, you know Lorenzo Styles, how he fits into that. So definitely, um, you know, lock into the beginning of the show here, and then uh, we'll talk uh five players with the most to prove during the spring game and then we're going to take questions from the youtube comments so make sure you guys get in there live um and uh yeah let us know any questions you have for tyler horka please uh drop a thumbs up on the video subscribe to our youtube channel for more content um we have that 29.99 deal going on till the start of the season and i, I believe we have a uh, even uh, better deal coming out pretty soon um not sure when that exactly is going to launch but i believe it's going to be four months for 10 bucks so definitely um, check that out at blueandgold.com. So, uh, Tyler, definitely one of the biggest news items in the past, what, week? Since you guys had that live you know, viewing session of practice and talked to Mark Freeman was Lorenzo Styles um, getting some reps at corner. So what's interesting, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Tyler, he got that one rep, right? It was like Freeman was like, all right, let's calm down, everybody. He got one rep at corner. Now it seems like it's much more of a maybe he's a corner now. Like I believe you guys talked to the receivers today, and there was one noticeable, you know, guy who was missing. Yeah, I've said this a few places now. It, it is literally the living embodiment of that Anchorman Ron Burgundy gif meme, whatever you want to call it, where. They get into that little scrum with all the news stations outside or whatever, and they go back into the office, and he's. Legs kicked up on the desk, drinking a beer, and he goes, well, boy, that escalated quickly. That, that's what this is because uh, you called it. It was literally a week ago today on Wednesday when we saw one rep. And Marcus Freeman wanted to make that clear 
what did we talk to him three days later on a Saturday morning? And he was being asked about it by the media. And he said, I want you guys to understand that it was literally one play, not one period, one play where Lorenzo Styles played cornerback. And I saw the play. He locked up. Um, it, the player is escaping me now. I've seen Jaden Great or Jaden Greathouse some places. I've seen Braylon James. I know it was one of those two freshman receivers. We both, I mean, everyone's been talking so highly about those guys all spring. Lorenzo Styles locked that guy up. So I think that's why a lot of people were talking about it. But now we have every reason to talk about it because who comes up in a white number four jersey? And as you see in these practice clips here, the defense wears white at Notre Dame practices. It was Lorenzo Styles, and he came up with the cornerbacks, talked to the media, okay. and it feels like, seems like Lorenzo Styles is a cornerback for this football team right now, which is kind of crazy because when I woke up last Wednesday morning, that's that was pretty far down the list of things that I thought would happen. Yeah, so correct me, it was, what, Monday you guys talked to the DBs or Tuesday? Of this week, uh, Tuesday. It was, and then the receivers were today. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday and, morning. And Lorenzo was not with them. I'm assuming. No. no. So, what's your read on this? Do you think this is like a done done deal? You think he's a corner? I wouldn't say done deal because we've seen some guys here at Notre Dame in the last couple of years swap back and forth all over the place. I mean, Xavier Watts is the most recent example where you think he's a defensive guy. Uh, Brian Kelly's last year, 2021. I think is when they moved him to defense. And then last fall camp, 2022, he's getting reps at wide receiver. And, and that was more out of necessity because the wide receiver room was so dang thin at that point. Well, here's another thing that we can talk about with all of this is how about the depth that these, mainly these freshmen have added because you can lose Caleb Smith, the transfer that comes in from Virginia tech to a medical retirement. That's happened since the last time we did one of these live shows and then you can move Lorenzo Styles to cornerback and you feel completely fine with where the Notre Dame wide receiver situation is. That's crazy to think about considering where this thing was just last season. I mean, at the end of last season, all throughout last season, you had the same like three guys playing that position. Now you're like, hey, man, we can roll these things through like platoons and do hockey line changes. I'm wearing my Dallas Stars shirt today. I mean, you got some hockey line change ability with these Notre Dame wide receivers. That's kind of crazy to think about because that just was not the case uh, last season. All right. On the screen now, I have his senior highlights, Lorenzo Styles. Um, just curious. I mean, obviously, I haven't watched this since 2019 or so. Yeah. Um, let's see when this actually was published. November 2020. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's obviously was after 2019 because that hadn't come out yet. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time since I've watched this. So I'm curious if you do have corner film on here because uh, when I saw him play what, his junior year, um, he was you know playing some corner and even safety, and he's someone who's, who's very good um, on uh, on both sides of the ball. But yeah, Tyler, I'm, I'm, you talked about the receiver position. Yeah, it's taken some hits here recently. And you still feel pretty good about it. You know, you've got Caleb Crazy. Smith, who we thought he he could be the number one wide receiver, the, the Virginia Tech transfer. Lorenzo Styles, another guy who last year among the receivers, he was like the leading guy in receptions, right? Uh, leading in receptions and was 20 yards away from Jaden Thomas for leading in receiving yards too, among wide receivers. Right. I mean, so this is... This is crazy. Do you have like a – oh, so here he is, a corner. This is where he comes up and makes a nice stop. 
Yeah, that was good instincts right there. Yeah, he can play both sides of the ball. But yeah, we'll we'll talk corners in a minute and kind of how styles would impact that position. Um, but looking at the receivers, Tyler, um, I mean, you got the freshman, Braylon James, Rico Flores, Jaden Greathouse, and Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith, unrelated to the Virginia Tech transfer. They just happen to have the same last name. Uh, Tobias Merriweather and Jaden Thomas. Um, Jaden Thomas came from that 2021 class. Same as Styles and Colsey. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Merriweather, who um, I guess didn't redshirt, right? He played in more than four games last year. Yeah, yeah, he played quite a bit. Down, I just did that. Go to blueandgold.com for a story on him today. Uh, yeah, he did not redshirt. He ended up playing in five games, I want to say. Oof, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts. Um, and then, Especially when you only get a catch in one of those. One, right. one catch for the whole right. year. Chris Tyree... We okay, so we move Chris Tyree to receiver. So there's an interesting one, and we have him italicized. Does that mean he's got a COVID year? I I think I'd ha- I mean Patrick does these scholarship uh, charts. I'd have to look at. I think it's right above the chart. Um, may- okay, maybe yeah. the- any anyone uh, whose name is in italics has the COVID nineteen bonus year. So yeah. so he's got two years, Chris Tyree. Yeah. So podcast audience, hi, hey, how are you doing, podcast audience? By the way, uh, we're we're you know looking at the, our scholarship chart we use at Blue and Gold, uh, and then Matt Salerno with one year. So as talented as this group is, man, it. I mean, two months ago we were talking about man, this is a talented group, but it's so unproven. Caleb Smith off the team, unproven with Notre Dame, but proven as a wide receiver. Lorenzo Styles, I would say. You know, considering on three had him as a five star. I mean, everyone had him, you know, pretty highly ranked coming out of that 2021 class. A little bit of underwhelming start to his Notre Dame career, but still, you you know what you had with Styles, even though he had some drop problems. You know, he's a pretty, you know, pretty talented guy. Mm-hmm. Just what's your feel overall about this receiver room right now, Tyler? Well, I feel like we're putting a lot of stock in those freshmen because you look at that chart, you see 10 guys. Four of them are true freshmen, and we can rant and rave all we want about the three early enrollees. Chancey Stuckey just did it today, which, by the way, I want i want to say, I think I came on one of these at the beginning of the spring, maybe maybe to get my like first impressions of the spring, and I said Rico Flores had tree yeah. trunks for legs. Chancey Stuckey literally said the same thing today. So that is Hey, like, he must be a big fan of the show, Stuckey. You listening? Maybe. At the least, it's validation for what I said that day because – it's true. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is this dude built for someone that should be going to his high school prom like next week? Isn't this prom season like the spring? He should be going to prom right now. Instead, he's catching passes from Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame football practices and looks really good doing it. So you've got him. I've been really impressed with Jaden Greathouse in a different way this spring. I thought he was going to be the guy like Flores, where I just see him going downfield, making catches at the sideline over the middle, doing all these different things. I mean, he's a record setter at an awesome offensive powerhouse in central Texas, Austin Westlake, but he's been the guy and Chancey Stuckey said this today. And it was one of those moments in a press conference where you hear the coach saying something and it clicks like to what you've actually seen on the field. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense he is really good at just running the three to five yard routes, finding open pockets in zones. I think a word is slippery and you wouldn't think that because he's a pretty big dude. He's he's built, but he just finds these pockets. And with the struggles of the Notre Dame offense that we've gone over in great detail in the last two or three weeks, 
he's been a really reliable target for both Buckner and Hartman. When they don't see something downfield, they dump it off to great house and it gains you like five yards. So I would not be shocked to see that a whole bunch in the blue gold game on Saturday. So you've seen really good things from these freshman wide receivers, but the thing with this entire, to get back to your original question, the thing with this entire group is you're going to have to see that on Saturdays in the fall. Otherwise you've got the same situation that you had last year, where if you go back and I mean, I wish I had the pro football focus numbers pulled up right now, but it was Dion or yeah, it was um, Jaden Thomas, Lorenzo styles and Braden Lindsay. Those dudes played almost every snap of every game. You would see Matt Salerno here and there when Dion Colsey was coming back from his knee injury. You started to see him later on in the season, but you really had three guys. And if these freshmen can't play right away, what are you going to have again? You've got Colsey, you've got Jaden Thomas, you're phasing Lorenzo Styles out of there. So you would think that Chris Tyree probably replaces him in the slot and takes up all of those snaps. But right there, you have a guy who has not played a lot of wide receiver at this level. So it this is probably, as it's been for probably a couple of years now, one of the more intriguing position groups on this Notre Dame football team because you see the upside, but then you, you see the floor as well. And there's just so much wiggle room to be had there. All right. Where is the game televised? Talking about the blue gold game. Peacock. 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 Only on Peacock. So don't go to NBC if, yeah. if you're someone that still has cable. Listen, it's I think you have to sign up for Peacock, right? Yeah. It's five dollars. Five dollars. It's five dollars, and then you can cancel it right afterward. Five dollars to watch the two hour spring game, I think is worth it. You know? Yeah. Considering we'll be, you know, drinking a couple beers and those two beers are worth five dollars. Yeah, I was gonna you know? say the, the beer that you're gonna be drinking that day costs more than a subscription to Peacock. And, and listen. This is not a hashtag ad. I don't get paid. You know, I don't, I'm just telling you, folks. Like, it's five dollars. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it'll be it'll be okay. But if you don't, if you don't want to pull that trigger, blueandgold.com. We and are going to have we'll have plenty of post game content after the show. Myself and uh, Tim Hyde will be live Sunday night. The three amigos are getting together. Myself, Tim Hyde, and Goolsby Horka. You have a standing invitation as always. You should know that. Right. Um, getting back to the receivers, Bernie has a good comment here. Tobias Colsey and JT must be uncoverable. Is this your, is this your number one trio right here? Tobias yeah. to the field. I don't know why I forgot to mention Tobias in that, um, little spiel that I was going on just now, because those three right there, Tobias Merriweather, Deion Colsey, Jaden Thomas, every time that we've gone to a Notre Dame football practice this spring, which is up to a handful of times now, those are the three guys that yeah. they've trotted out first for routes on air uh, seven on seven, 11 on 11. Those are your three guys. But it's interesting because I don't see a true slot receiver in any of those. And obviously Jaden Thomas is the guy that's playing the slot out of those. And Chancey Stuckey was very high on Jaden Thomas's short area quickness is what he called it. And that's what yeah. you want from a slot receiver. You want someone that gets open three yards from the line of scrimmage, catches a slant, see what he does after it. But man, I'm starting to think and, and this is coming from someone who watched last year and was like, I was selling all of my stock on Chris Tyree. I was just Ooh. like, I, I just don't see it. Like, where is the ability to break a tackle? Where, where is the burst that we saw with, with him as a freshman? Something about him at wide, wide receiver is clicking right now. Mm. And I think he might be the best slot guy on the team. He looks, like, he, look, he looks the part of a slot receiver, does he not? I like it. I like it. This is the thing about slot receivers. Like – 
I think when we think of a slot receiver, thinking, oh, 5'10 and, and quick yeah. or a Wes Welker type, you know, but I mean, you can be Jaden Thomas. You can. You know? Like, you know, when I was in high school, we had a package where we had our outside, well, it was five wide. We had our outside guys move to the slot and our slot guys move to the outside. You know, as the six three guy, I loved playing in the slot. I mean, I was just a different type of slot. You know, I, I was more of the, you know, the possession guy, like a Jaden Thomas. Sure. You know, uh, a Jaden Great House. Not that those guys are not big play receivers, but when you have bigger slots, they're just easier targets than a five nine Chris Tyree. Or you know, I just logged a prediction for Jason Robinson uh, before we got on the show, a receiver out of um long beach poly which by the way if notre dame can land a receiver from long beach poly um that would be crazy but here we are it's been like 20 years since notre dame's landed a player from there um and uh chancy stucky effect man chancy chancy stucky effect robinson's 58 i think he's not wow. he's or, or, or actually i saw him pictured with freeman today and freeman's how tall i want to say freeman's like 61 he's not as tall as you would think he's like 6 foot 61 why is the, is Robinson? He looks oh, almost the same height, ah. right? Yeah, I think Freeman is probably six foot. So I mean, Robinson looks at least five ten there, five eleven. Okay, maybe. all right, but still, that that's kind of in that, yeah, um, yeah, that that's in that slot range. So there's a lot of different, there's interesting things, but yeah, Tyree. Again, I was down on him. I was selling my stock, yeah. but like, I think Patrick. Our, our colleague Patrick Engel wrote about it. Everybody has kind of been saying the same thing. This is what he needed because he was never going to be more than the number three back. Yeah. And I mean, he's not going to have a hundred and I think he had 124 touches last year, hundred carries, 24 uh, receptions. Compared no. to what with Diggs and Estime? Uh They didn't get as many receptions, but Diggs carried the ball 165 times, led the team. Estime was 156. And I get the sense that Notre Dame kind of wants to – let's get both of those guys to 200, like close to 200 type of thing. And the number three back, whether it's going to be Jabron Payne, we'll talk about him a little bit later on, there's a teaser, or Jadarian Price, probably get that guy between like 50 to 75 maybe. Like there's no reason to not give Estime and Diggs the bulk of this yeah. thing. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, Tyre, I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it like you have. Right. Um, but I just when I think Tyree, I think very north and south. Yeah. And not a ton of wig- his wiggle is much more like just a quick diagonal. Yeah. Lot. So I, I'm interested to see his route running again. They've been using the like north south speed to get him going across the field though, and it's been impressive. Okay. Like, like, like they they won't even. And this goes to your point about who cares about size and where you use it. They'll they'll put him on the outside and get him ahead of steam coming across the field. And I think if if there's anybody on this team you want catching the ball like between the hash marks, probably on the opposite hash and taking it up the sideline the other way, it's probably him. Because I just think like that burst of speed, we've seen it before. We know he has it. So it's interesting. I, I just, again, I, I went from a guy who was like, nope, no more Chris Tyree to all right, maybe this is what he needs. All right, I want to read off these scholarship wide receivers again, okay? Mm-hmm. Braylon James, Rico Flores, Jaden Greathouse, Caleb Smith, your four true freshmen. Tobias Merriweather, Jaden Thomas, Styles maybe, right? Colby, yeah. Tyree. 
and I guess we're calling Tyree's full-time receiver now. I think so. Okay. Uh, and then Matt Salerno. So that's nine if we're not including Styles. Yeah. Tell me I'm crazy. I think all nine might like actually play this year. Like I could see yeah. all nine. Like, okay, if, if it's JT, Colsey, Merriweather's kind of your main three, we definitely think Tyree's going to play. Old Man Salerno will play. Yep. We, I mean, Great House and Flores look like they're dudes and ready to play. James, what, 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 give me, give me ten seconds on James. He wore a red jersey the last time we saw him, so I don't know what he was going okay. through there. Um, he kind of feels like deep baller bust right now okay. to me. He's got some things to work on. Okay, but still, I mean, you could see James, Caleb Smith, someone Notre Dame's really excited about. It's like all of these names, like yeah. I could see them playing. So I think, I think the receiver position. Is, is exciting right now. And you have to – we have to point – last thing on the receivers, Tyler, if Styles is moving to corner, it's because he's – it's not – you would assume it's because receiver's not working out great for him. Yeah. And as someone who was one of the better receivers on the team last year, this is kind of a good thing considering that other guys are passing him up. That That's, that's kind of my read on it. Would you agree? Yeah, once you get past the – Hey, Lorenzo Styles was one of our best recruits in the class of 2021. His freshman, like that Fiesta Bowl, I think everybody thought that's what he was going to be day in, day out. And then you watch last year. I think that's more of what his what he was going to be as a receiver. Like I, I watched last season and I was like, I don't know how the heck he gets like leaps and bounds better than this. Like what, I mean, he's playing every single snap. What do you got to do? Like he's got to shrug out of this. I I didn't see it happening. So to your point, yeah, I think it's these freshmen have come in. That's the bottom line right here. If Notre Dame had another signing class as it goes, like looking at the wide receivers where they only bring in one guy and Tobias Merriweather was a good one to bring in. But if they had a class this year where they only brought in one guy, Lorenzo Styles is playing every single snap at wide receiver again. You have those three. You replace Lindsey with Merriweather probably, and then you have no depth. But the depth is there now, and as we talked about at the beginning of the show, the three freshmen that are here right now are really good and possibly and probably even better than Styles if they're kind of shooing him out of the room. All right, Joe Bro says, what's good? A friend of the program. Joe Bro, hope you are doing well. Make sure you guys get in the comments. Uh, if you're watching live with us, drop some, and uh, we will uh, address some of them later in the show, time permitting, but that is at least um, the plan. Ooh, let's touch quickly on the cornerbacks, Tyler, in-house. Dial, someone just rang my doorbell. I heard that. Who's knocking on? Who, who's ringing my doorbell at 8.30 on a Wednesday <laughs> night? I don't know. Um, oh, I know what it is. It's... Uh, 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 Amazon order medicine for. I was going to say delivery from Rogue Shop. <laughs> we will talk about Rogue Shop pretty <laughs> shortly uh, because tomorrow is a big day for their business. Yeah. Uh, so if Styles moves to corner, let's talk about that. You have one lockdown spot in Ben Morrison. Yeah. Cam uh, Hart would be another lockdown. If Cam he Hart. Healthy. Yeah, Cam Hart, Ben Morrison, your two spots. Mm-hmm. I still love me some Jade Mickey. I yeah, think people no, I, are down on him because of the USC game. But, like, come on. I mean, it, it was USC, and, and Mickey was just being left out on an island way too much. But so you got Gray, Christian Gray, and Michael Bell, the two incoming freshmen. 
of course, Morrison and Mickey, Chance Tucker and Ryan Barnes, a couple of X-Factors um, yep. in this cornerback room, or maybe safety room when it comes to Barnes. That's something we talked about with him a lot coming out of high school. Uh, and then Clarence Lewis and, of course, Cam Hart, your elder statesman. So where do you kind of see him fitting in here? Joe Bro says Styles in the nickel. I think that's an interesting um, proposition. Where do you think he kind of fits in with this cornerback room? I don't know. That's the thing. Like we can talk about how, how much upside maybe potential he has as a cornerback and going back to his, I think he said it was like riding a bike when he was playing corner in the last week because he did it so much in high school, but you do have Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart who are probably going to play the majority of snaps at the two outside cornerback positions Corner is a position where, I mean, we've seen it with a couple guys in recent seasons. You don't really have to take them off the field except for a series or two. And, I mean, once Benjamin Morrison grabbed a hold of that spot last year, he didn't let it go. And we saw him stay on the field all the time. And when someone did come off the field, it was Cam Hart and your guy Jaden Mickey came in. So this is a, this is a position where maybe you have three to four guys. And those three to four guys right now, are Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart. We've seen Clarence Lewis play a lot of nickel this spring, but I see Thomas Harper sitting there on the safety list. Yeah, that's I true. When, I think when he's fully healthy, he's going to be that guy. Yep. So that might push – maybe Lewis is a number two nickel, but he can be a three or four on the outside. So you got Morrison, Hart, Lewis on the outside. Does Styles put – like? I, Here's the thing with Styles pushing for that maybe number four on the outside because I don't think they're going to throw him into nickel right away. We talked to these corners this week. I mean, there's there's a lot of space to cover, and if you're moving a guy from wide receiver, why would you want to put him on an island like that? I guess any cornerback position is sort of putting a guy on an island, but I think Styles would be better on the outside. So to me, how does he come in and steal a backup or – like I said, three or four spot from a Ryan Barnes or a Chance Tucker. I mean, Ryan Barnes has had a really good spring. I don't see Lorenzo Styles coming in and being better than Ryan Barnes. And maybe Ryan Barnes moves to safety, like you said, and then that spot opens up for Styles. But man, it, it's tough. It, it and, and hey, and Marcus Freeman said it right. He said the road for you to get playing time or be what you want to be at either position is a bumpy one. It's a tough one. And again, I just go back to the fact that we're sitting here a year ago. Nobody is imagining this for Lorenzo Styles. Mm -mm. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, your question is, where does he fit in in that cornerback room? Cam Hart's going to be gone at the end of next season. But Benjamin Morrison is still going to be here. He might be a three-and-done type of guy, get drafted in the first round. Adios, Notre Dame. So then... 2025 without Hart, obviously, and without Morrison, you have two starting cornerback positions available. Is Lorenzo Styles really like sticking it out to? I mean, is he wait, go back to that list. Is he even how many years of eligibility two. does he have? Left? Two. two. So he's got this one in 2024. He's not even going to be here in 2025. He's not looking long term like that either. So it, it's it, it's interesting, man. This is a fascinating late spring development. And I think it's two years to play one. No, 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 no. This is no, he's got a full two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Um, I mean, I think at this, like, when you're going through the corner, all right, all right, you're moving from receiver's not looking great. All right, let's try you a corner. 
And then you go through the corner depth, and you're like, man, that's not looking good either. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all thinking the same thing as as a as a real very real possibility for him after the spring. Does he test the waters elsewhere? Like, I don't, I don't know. Nah. As like, do, do you think he still wants to play? Because we talked to him, and he's he'll do whatever he wants or whatever Notre Dame needs to help. Like right now, that's all he can do is be like, hey, we want to move you here, and yeah, you got to go play there. But if he did transfer portal, I know those are the words that you didn't want to say there, but I'll say them wide receiver or is that what you're thinking like he's gonna he wants to go play wide receiver somewhere if he could or corner i don't know yeah his brother plays at ohio state yeah ohio state, i don't know total speculation here yeah uh, not, not sourced that you know I'm, I'm not digging into this right now um but uh yeah interesting because you talked about thomas harper i remember when notre mm-hmm. dame got him a source told me he's a replacement for Tariq bracy in the slot yep and then the the Northwestern cat. What's his name? The guy uh, that came in last year? Yeah. Brandon Joseph. Brandon Joseph. Replacement. Like, they Notre Dame really feels like he is a replacement for both a nickel and safety. Like, very, you know, Notre Dame's very excited about Thomas Harper. So, it's just like, man, before we move on, Tyler, I want your thoughts on Ryan Barnes um, yeah. and even um, Chance Tucker. Again, those two kind of X factors. Don't know what to expect from them if they – if they hit, that's fantastic news. If not, I don't think it's a you know a detriment to the team. But what no. what have you seen or, or heard in, in talking to players and coaches about those two? Yeah, Ryan Barnes, phenomenal spring camp. Um, Chance Tucker's made some plays too in the seven on seven, eleven on eleven. The thing with these guys is, uh, I mean, they're taking more of a Cam Hart traje- trajectory to playing time. But our recency bias is telling us is everyone has to be Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey. There's only one Benjamin Morrison. There's only one Jaden Mickey. So uh, there's a lot of chatter on our message board all the time that uh, Ryan Barnes isn't this or Chance Tucker isn't that. It's a couple of what? They're both true juniors, right? They're going to be juniors, I think. Um, um, I think they're they, the they both redshirted. So they both have three seasons to play. Yeah. Um. That's like in their minds, they're thinking, hey, man, take my time. I've got all of this time to get onto the field. And I've kind of seen it that way, too. Uh, When I like looking back at them in the 2021 season, when I guess they were true freshmen at that time. And you you see him get toasted by like a Kevin Austin Jr. at times covering Michael Mayer. If the mismatch presented itself wasn't very fun to them, you know, or advantageous or whatever. But I see two guys who have stuck it out for one, because every time this transfer portal opens, guys who are lower on the depth chart like that, you never know. You right. can't get inside a kid's head. They want to go play somewhere. They've stuck it out. And, you know, like I said, Benjamin Morrison is going to be leaving after a couple of years, probably. That's speculation, too. But he has that kind of talent. And, I mean, injuries happen, or maybe you find your stride and you start playing really well. And the coaching staff is like, hey, we're going to, because look, Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey last year, we went into the last season thinking Cam Hart, Clarence Lewis, those are your two corners. Those guys are going to play all the time. Cam Hart gets a couple injuries. Uh, Clarence Lewis doesn't have the season that he wants to probably, but he sticks it out. He's still around. They threw Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey out there as sort of feelers. I know they were very high on them in practices and whatnot, but you just think that maybe Tucker and Barnes get to a point that the coaching staff says, Hey, we think you're ready go in there 
and maybe they take it and grab it by the horns, just like Morrison and Mickey did. Because if you do, you're going to be playing a lot more. Yeah, that safety depth is, you know, I think it could use another guy. And I, yeah. I, I do think Ryan Barnes at like six two, um, and pretty rangy. I think you know, yeah, you can play. Has he played any safety this spring? Do you know? We haven't seen it, but I think we just talked to Mickens on Tuesday morning, and he said he's the one guy that has cross trained. Okay, a little bit. And yeah, hey, you mentioned the range and the size. I think he's got good ball skills too. Yeah. So like he could really get after the ball back there. All right, Tyler Buckner's little brother says, uh, "Mike Singer, happy Wednesday, my dude." Doesn't he look like <laughs> he does? Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, how's it going? Um, all right, Tyler, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, give you a quick uh, sip of water as we uh, hear from our friends over at Rogue Shop. Um, so let, let, I don't know when you are watching this show or, or listening back to it. It might be on 420, uh, which is definitely a big day for our friends over at Rogue Shop. And uh, they have a special offer. Uh, I'll have to look up the promo code in just a moment. But it's time to hear from them. It's the husband and wife outfit. Mr. Rogue and his wife, Char, are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business they farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand their website to visit is rogueshop.com that's spelled r-o-g-u-e shop.com they sell everything from cbd thc edibles tinctures smokables bath salts pain creams topicals vapes candles soaps and more their website has a 24 7 chat function where you can ask the owners any questions you have go check go check out rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping chronic pain and or anxiety stress um so again that is their uh, their big holiday of the year is uh, of course april 20th and i am pulling up this um uh blue and gold 420 all right and uh this is uh this offer expires on the 21st so one word you know or excuse me i should say no spaces blue and gold 420 uh type out and it's not the and symbol so blue and gold 420 that's our friends over at rogueshop.com and it's not just oh i want to get high you know like they have you know the different oils massage oils and you know kind of again you you just heard me go through all those soaps and stuff so they really do have a lot of different stuff uh, and you use that that promo code it, it helps us out as well okay what's next to talk about let's look at the to-do list here tyler uh okay five players with the most approved this spring now i got a nifty little video graphic made for us hey and it does spoil one of them <laughs> okay so you'll just have to bear with me if, if you're watching on youtube you can see you know my graphics person um out you know made this for me pretty late in the day and i didn't have them fix this um so you can if you're watching on video you see one of the names which will uh be the last person we talk about but okay five players well you see uh, you see a photo there too so i guess two of them are given away yeah that's what i meant yeah the one on <laughs> yeah the, the picture guy and then yeah we do yeah, have yeah. another one uh name listed already okay uh five players are the most approved in the blue gold game this is an article that tyler wrote a premium article that our youtube audience you guys are going to hear from the man himself um in this video so your top guy is jordan patelho tell us why I just think that as a senior and as a guy who went through not major position shuffling, but went through a few things. I mean, everyone thought he was going to be a rover or some linebacker that was going to patrol the middle of the field. They've kind of settled on him at Viper defensive end. And 
I mean, when you're a Viper, just look at what Isaiah Foskey did the last two seasons, 11 sacks in each of those seasons, leaves the program as the all-time leader in sacks with 26 and a half. Batello's, he may not get 11, and he's definitely not going to get 26 and a half in a career, but when you are put in the position to be that athletic defensive end, the guy who is not going to line up in the dirt every single snap and you're almost playing outside linebacker. I know our, our friend Tim Hyde loves to talk about that Viper position because it is so versatile. You kind of have to produce, man. You have to live in opposing backfields. You got to get to the quarterback. You have to set the edge. You have to be a run stopper. And these are all things that we haven't really seen from Jordan Botello in his three years at Notre Dame. He's just kind of been that guy that comes in and, and maybe he gets two sacks in the Gator Bowl against South Carolina and everyone's celebrating him. Or you see him play against fill in the blank with whoever else is on the Notre Dame schedule and he's kind of invisible. So you obviously want to see that guy who comes in and is able to just win matchups. I mean, you have to win matchups at that position and the blue gold draft is going to be Thursday morning. So we don't really know who he's going to be up against, but I would, I would think they put Joe Alton, Blake Fisher on different teams. That would kind of be unfair to put them on the same offensive line. So we might have a, he might have uh, an ability or uh, an opportunity to go up against a future first round pick. Uh, both of those guys might be future first round picks, offensive linemen. So again, you're not going to see like takedown sacks in a spring game. You're going to see some two hand touch, but what you want if you're a Notre Dame fan is to be leaving that game remembering and thinking, oh, hey, I remember if this was a Saturday in the fall, Jordan Patella would have knocked the lights out of Sam Hartman or Tyler Buckner. You don't want to be leaving and getting in your car in the parking lot and saying, man, what the heck did Jordan Patello do today? So I think that's why he's got a lot to prove. Okay. Um, so you mentioned Joe Alt, which made me remember this. And I wanted, so this is getting pretty off topic. But Joe Alt posted a rare Instagram photo, and these right. comments were just just had me laughing. So Joe Alt's caption is spring balling. Sam Hartman says so big, so strong. <laughs> big fish. Blake Fisher says BWG. With is that is that like a, a gorilla? I don't I don't know what that stands for. Yeah, but, BWG. They, they've got all these acronyms now. Audrick S. May saying Joseph. Tyler Buckner says big sexy. Logan Diggs <laughs> says love Joe content. Mike Singer says hashtag Joe Alt fan club naturally. Yeah. Oftentimes when I tweet Joe with that, he likes it. He yeah. knows. Oh, he knows. Yeah. No, he's just a terrible guy. I think he knows a lot. Like, I think that's why people are interacting with him in this way too. They like it's easy to love Joe Alt. Oh, I'll say that. I mean, let's go down the list. Xavier Watts, good job, Joe Alt. <laughs> Pat Coogan says hum now. Don't know okay. what that means, but I like it. My boy Steve Angeli, just two two of my guys, just interacting with each other. Just you love to see my it. precious little heart. He says outstanding. Soli Absher says reminiscent of a young Donkey Kong. I mean, <laughs> Papa Bear says Zeke Carell. Nice post, Big Joe Lorenzo Styles. Need more Joe on IG. I think that's Nano Sofimenta. I, I, I'm just yeah, uh, you know, just I, I love it. You got to love him while he's here too, because like. Look, the NFL draft is a week from tomorrow, right? His He's going to be hearing his name called probably top 10 in that thing. And I know everyone's going to be like, but the Notre Dame degree, he can come back and get that thing. The yeah. guy's so cerebral, he probably only has a few credit credits left once he leaves. Look at look at the difference there between Drew, <laughs> I mean, Sam Hartman um, and, and Joe Walt. Don't do that. 
I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Joe Walt, we love. Okay, getting back on track here. All right, let's look at your number two um, player with the most approved running back Jabran Payne. Mm -hmm. This seems interesting because, you know, he's. Are you saying he's the most approved because he can prove to be the number three running back? Yeah, I think. And look, I'm I'm one of the people that are very high on Jadarian Price. When he comes back, I think he's going to be really good. We saw it last spring. But if I'm Debron Payne, I'm sitting there thinking, hey, what about me? Like, I've been healthy this whole entire time. I've been grinding in practices. When Logan Diggs has been out this spring – I've been the number two guy behind Audric Estime, and I've looked pretty good. I mean, he's catching passes out of the backfield. He's running between the tackles, off tackle. He's doing everything that you would ask in a running back. And D'Lan McCullough has said, like, yeah, this spring has been about him proving to us that maybe he's not an Audric Estime or a Logan Diggs, but if one of those guys goes out, he, he goes in and you can ask him to do all of the same things at his level. And I thought he's been very impressive, so – I think if he goes out there and has a Jadarian Price-like spring game, like Jadarian Price did last year, and I think Jadarian Price had over 100 receiving yards. He wasn't great on the ground, but he had that long touchdown where he ran away from who a couple of defense. Who did he run away from? No, who threw it? Uh, Steve Angeli. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, now I know what you're doing there. Yeah, I just think that he's in a spot where – and look, Logan Diggs has been out, like I mentioned – we probably don't see a whole lot of Logan Diggs in this game because you don't want deja vu. You know what happened last time Logan Diggs played in a blue gold game? He tore the labrum in his shoulder and had to get shoulder surgery, and we didn't see him again until mid-August. So I think this is and, – and maybe this is my way of saying, hey, watch out for Jabran Payne. It would be a sneaky big game potentially. I just think that he has to really take advantage of this opportunity because that's what it is for a guy that is a little further down the depth chart. You go out there and ball out in a blue goal game, you start to get people thinking differently about you. All right, I like that. And then let's take a look at number three. And you have Tobias Merriweather. Tell us about this choice. So this one is, you have a guy that's a true sophomore and all of this fanfare, everybody talks about him. Everybody wants to see him on the field, but he only has one catch to his name in his college career. And I know- it was a big one. It was a 41-yard touchdown. And, it, I mean, if, if he can do that every single game, you can't keep him off the field. But that's my point. Can he be that guy that provides that downfield presence every single game? Because that's what you need out of him. And I know Deion Colsey is going to be a little bit of that guy too. But I think Deion Colsey is more of that guy that we saw in the second half of last season where he was just catching third and 15 passes over the middle because he's so much bigger than everybody. You throw it up, and, and there he is. Tobias Merriweather needs to be that downfield threat for Notre Dame and you have a guy that has like I said earlier in the show gone out there first with the wide receivers every single time that we see him I mean he is in that top three if you're a top three wide receiver at Notre Dame you should be able to catch I don't know I don't know how much he's going to play but go out there and and catch four to five passes in this blue gold game and give kind of like Jordan Botello give everyone that's there a reason to go home at night and be like man remember watching that Tobias Merriweather catch, especially if it's from Sam Hartman, maybe downfield for about 30 to 40 yards, maybe even it's a touchdown. He needs to be that guy. And again, this is an opportunity to show that. I'm going to give you an article idea for the, for a, some sometime in the dog days of the summer. It's just the five most exciting Notre Dame football players. 
Yeah. Tobias Merriweather gets like people talking. Like people yeah. are excited about Tobias Merriweather. Like it's not uh, a bold pick to say, yeah, Ty- that's my. Tobias Mira is my breakout player. But, is, but is, that's why he has so much to prove. That's yeah, why he's on this that hype. Right. I yeah, like I it, Horka. You're, you're, you're a smart guy. I'll try. Number four, an, I, this guy is definitely in that top five yeah. as well, I would say. Jalen Sneed, the linebacker to Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, there's always a couple players in every recruiting cycle that the fans are like, when they're true freshmen, like we're just gonna talk about them all year. Yeah. Why aren't they playing? Tobias Merriweather and I got Snead. both of those guys on this list from last year's class. Yeah, I think Sneed and Merriweather were the, that that for the 2022 class. Yeah, and and that's why he's here. He's like the defensive version of Tobias Merriweather, right? And his situation is a little more interesting because unlike Merriweather, he's not running out there with the first team, and he's not getting all these reps. And you've got the graduate student linebackers ahead of him who it looks like they're Notre Dame right now if they played a if they played Navy in Dublin a week from today you know who's playing linebacker in that game so can Jalen Sneed sort of use this as a springboard into his sophomore season and I mean at this point it's just all of the the media and and definitely the fans they all have the reasons why Jalen Sneed should be on the field he's fast he's getting bigger he's getting smarter He's a really good football player. Prove that to your coaches in a blue gold game, right? Go out there and on, I don't want to say national TV because it's national streaming on, uh, on national internet. Yep. Go out there and show that like, yeah, Hey, I am this guy and I can make all these plays because he's not really a one trick pony. Um, but he, you get the feeling that like he still needs to do so much more to get on the field regularly. And that's where the coaching staff is with him. So I mean, this is – sure, you want to call it a glorified scrimmage? It's still a little bit different than one of the 14 practices that Notre Dame has already had. Go out there in a game-like setting and prove that you can be a guy that's trusted in August and September. I guess this past Saturday is was the big scrimmage. Yeah. That probably is more important to the staff yeah. and the team than the spring game. But, you know, the spring game still – like it, – it, there's more pressure in the spring. It's on TV, a fans in the stands. So I, I, I think mm-hmm. people, you definitely shouldn't overhype the spring game, but you didn't undervalue it either. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why people think you, that you have to be on either side of that. It's like, yeah. people are always like, Oh, you have, it's a spring game, man. This is huge. No, you don't have to be that, but you don't have to be like, who cares entirely? Like, I don't want to watch it. It doesn't mean anything. It does. This, this is, you only get 15 of these spring practices. This is one of those bullet points. And to your point, Mike, I mean, if, it, if it's not number one, if you would call that scrimmage last week number one, this is number two probably, right? I mean, it's a game. Yeah, yeah. All right, I was on uh, Darren Pritchett's show in, in WSBT, and, and the video will um, be on – and the video feed of that will be on our channel Thursday. But, you know, he asked me who is your – like what's your biggest storyline for the spring game? And I said, listen, people can also downplay these spring practices. Oh, the media only got to see what was it, two full practices and then – you know, just a few periods of a couple other practices. But so people in our YouTube comments, every time we talk about quarterbacks, just hate on us, right? They're like, oh my gosh, how can you say that about Sam Hartman? He's fine. He's fine. But I'm going to ask those folks who are like, stop overreacting to Sam Hartman in practice. Let me just ask folks this. How that person who commented that, so I'm talking to you, if that was you, 
You probably lost your mind when Drew Pine did not look great in the blue-gold game last. You lost your mind. Yep. And that was just the blue-gold game, which you guys also tell me is not important. So because you saw it with your own two eyes and it's hard to forget what – like it's impactful when you see it. So Tyler gets on our show last week and he's like, listen – I, I'm going to give you the context of it's just a practice and it's just the spring. So it's not overreact, but what I'm seeing with my eyes and I just watched two hours of practice is that Hartman who leading into this next point, if you haven't figured it out yet, <laughs> is the number five player to prove uh, the most to prove in the blue gold game. So uh, as we play like six minutes of footage of, of Hartman <laughs> that I put together today that Horka and, and Kyle Kelly of Blue and Gold have shot this spring. Like, all right. That, I, that, all right. It's your, it's your turn to talk, Tyler. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I've said my piece. Yeah, I was going to take this Sam Hartman thing a different direction, and I'll get there. But just piggybacking on off of what you said, if you're one of the people that Mike is talking about saying – it's just a practice. Like everything that you're saying right now doesn't mean a whole lot. It's not telling of what's going to happen with Notre Dame football this year, yada, yada, yada. And say Sam Hartman goes out there and completely outplays Tyler Buckner in this spring game on Saturday. You cannot be one of the people that comes at us and says, look, Sam Hartman was so much better because this spring game is going to take two hours, two and a half hours which is the exact amount of time that we saw out of practice of Tyler Buckner completely outplaying Sam Hartman. So if you're saying, Hey, that doesn't matter, but the spring game, you know, what happens there does, but then every other day of the week, you're saying spring games don't really matter. You are just completely clouding this, confusing it. And like, like I said a little bit earlier, every single one of these 15 practices is a bullet point. So if Sam Hartman is better than Tyler Buckner on Saturday, that's how the Notre Dame coaching staff is going to treat it. I guarantee you. I wanted to ask Jared Parker this question, but Notre Dame shut off his interview on Saturday after like five minutes, and I was sitting there saying, what the heck is happening? That That's another conversation. But I was going to ask Jared Parker, how do you treat a quarterback competition? Do you kind of sit down after every single practice and log it and say, hey, this guy is ahead right now? Or do you wait until the spring is over and then you take a look at – I would think the easier way to do it is the former, the way I was saying, where you take every single practice and you say, this guy was better for this reason and that reason and that reason, and here's how we have them right now. And maybe you just have this constantly happening over the course of the entire spring. The spring game is only going to be one of those bullet points. Now, that said, Sam Hartman is on this list because circumstances have changed. A month ago, he was far and away – Notre Dame starting quarterback. He was the best option. 45 starts, 110 career touchdown passes. Tyler Buckner has single digits in both of those categories. I mean, that is crazy to think about. So now a month later, we're at a point where Tyler Buckner has probably outplayed him in the spring, at least what we have seen from the media standpoint in those two full practices and then everything else. So he's on this list because it's a chance for him and there are going to be overreactions. So it's a chance for him to kind of say, Hey, yeah, I am that guy with all of those numbers. I probably am the best option for Notre Dame to choose as its starting quarterback. Uh, It's not so much. Don't forget about me as it is. I am me and I'm going to be that dude. 
And Tyler Buckner has the same opportunity. I mean, this is his first, I guess his second blue goal game. Cause he early enrolled a couple of years ago, but he missed last year's blue goal game. And that was going to be his opportunity to say, Hey, I'm way better than drew pine. Instead we get drew pine for the whole game and it was what it was. So I just think that this is a game that they labeled it as a game. And those two quarterbacks, they're going to draft on Thursday morning. They're going to be on different teams. One of them is going to start for one team. The other is going to start for the other. And I just think that the, Sam Hartman is in a position now to where he kind of has to push back on everything I've said, everything everybody else has said, and say himself, yeah, I'm that dude. Watch this. Watch me throw for a couple touchdowns, not turn the ball over, and leave you guys going into the summer on a good note. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about this, I bet I bet these guys are just in their little quarterback room and they don't care about any of this media noise. Most I saw them group. walking out of practice today with like they might as well have had their arms around Dude, each other. I'm They're good friends. People that this quarterback room is tight, and that's yeah. me just hearing that from people and not yeah. even knowing what you just said before you just said. You know, like that's so I see yeah, one without the other. It's crazy. It's you don't see ten very, without twelve. Very healthy quarterback room. And it's something that has honestly nothing to do with the coaches. Like this is just these guys, Sam Hartman's come in um, and has taken the other guys under his wing, but not as like a, Hey, look up to me. It's just kind of, I'm just one of you guys. And I think the younger guys, younger guys being, you know, all the other quarterbacks, because, you know, Hartman's my age, I think, (laughs) Um, you know, and they just kind of look up to him, you know? So um, yeah. I, I don't like, know. I'm I don't know. You, don't, you don't have a big brother, do you, Mike? I've got three big brothers. You have big brothers, so yeah. it's. Uh, and I hope you're on a good on good terms and good relationship with all them. But it's like that. You introduce yeah. a guy like this to the room, and I know I love my big brother. And you're not gonna, like, are you are you competitive with your brothers? Absolutely, it's a great way. You love them too. I learned what not to do from my older <laughs> yeah. brothers. There's some of that too. So yeah, I, you know, I've said that, and uh, you know, I think. Schools being high to push back on it a little bit, but and listen, this is another thing we see a lot in the comments is I agree with Tim Hyde. You get better by playing and not like, or maybe they don't say not practicing, but you get better by playing. All right, listen, when Tyler Buckner is then a senior, right? And and let's say he's the guy, are we going to say, got to bench him? It's not about, it's all about 2025. Like when does it stop? Like, cause you can't play all 85 scholarship guys. Like you, it's, you just can't do it, especially at quarterback. Like what's the point we draw the line? Like if, if Buckner is the guy, let's just say Buckner wins the job, but then 2024 would be his last year. Right. I think, the, I think people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got two years left. Yeah. Um, three years. Think- okay. He's got three years. It looks like. Well, he met, he registered this past year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a true junior. Yeah. So he's got a register. He's got three years. So and then that's the thing, he doesn't have to play all three years. I, I think people get so in love with like, especially with quarterbacks, the idea that somebody comes in and they've got to play every single down of all four years, or else it was a failure. We missed on this guy. He we didn't get the most out of him. You can treat quarterbacks, and again, it's a little different, but you can treat quarterbacks like any other position. Like we just talked about Jalen Sneed. He's not. He didn't play much as a freshman, and maybe he doesn't play a lot as a sophomore. But if you get to like two really good years out of him down the line, what 
it, it worked, right? Like signing Jalen Sneed was yeah. worth it if he gets gives you 100 tackles as a junior and a senior. And the same thing with Tyler Buckner. He's got three years. He can't redshirt this year because he just used one. If he doesn't play, he's going to play some downs this year because I think they're going to have to use him in some different ways. But if he doesn't start a game this year, but he ends up starting two years for you down the line as a, as a uh, I guess, a redshirt senior and then a fifth-year senior – that worked. Yeah. And, but then but then people are going to be saying, well, CJ Carr's here on campus and he's not seeing the field. What, like, only one and of I, these guys could play. I, only I, one I, of these guys could play. Alabama just had Bryce Young for, for a couple of years, right? And now they're just going to break in a new quarterback. Like, this is yeah. how – and it's how it goes sometimes with quarterbacks. Like, I, I don't – I, I just don't – I don't buy that. So, yeah, Buckner's in his redshirt sophomore year. So, he right. played in 2021, redshirt last year. So, he's in his you – know, he's a junior, uh, but redshirt sophomore. So, with three years of eligibility. So, I, I mean, I, I do like the idea, though, of, of a quarterback for three years. Um, but, you know, with experience, you know – I think the way his first three years went, though, if he only ends up starting two – it's fine. Like he got so much experience as a freshman. He mentally prepared himself as a sophomore to be the dude. And then the freak and shoulder played thing. three games as and a sophomore played three games and was the MVP of a bowl game against an SEC team. I think. And now, like you said, if, if he sits behind Sam Hartman, who's been one of the best college football quarterbacks in the country the last couple of years, that's fine. If you get two years out of this guy, I think they can be two really good years. And I also think people are downplaying Tyler's experience. Like I yeah. think he's played he's played a good bit of football now. And yeah. I mean that road game in Virginia Tech as a freshman that he's just thrown into the fire. Yeah. You don't you don't forget those things if you're if you're the guy in that moment. The bowl game against yeah. South Carolina coming off of his long stretch. These past couple weeks, the I've guy definitely... started a game at Ohio State with 110,000 people screaming in his ear like, in his first he, start. I mean, has, yes, I've definitely come around. All right, he's even played in the Marshall game, which was. Now this uh, this awful defeat. I mean, he's been through a yeah. lot as a young football player. I'm definitely coming around a lot more on Tyler Buckner. It you comes know? back to the health thing for me, though. Like, yeah. he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. But, yeah, like, if he does stay healthy, he's got some tools. I'm excited about him. I'm excited. It's still good quarterback growing mechanics is still just kind of I, I do, in love I do. with. I still do see that. But when you see Hartman throwing, he'll put the ball down low too. So it's not like Hartman's look perfect. He whips that thing though. Hartman's got a good release. If, yeah. if I was judging the releases, which he puts the ball up. down at his waist before he throws it. That's what I don't like. Mm. But it is what it is. All right. I think we're going on quarterbacks. Of course, we're going to spend 20 minutes on quarterbacks. <laughs> Jay says on a side note, did Stucky really compare or say Tobias Merriweather reminded him of Brandy Moss? Did you hear this, Tyler? Yeah, I've got the I've got the quote. I included it in my story. Let me pull it up. Or I don't know if you want to do one of those screen thingies, but I, I can pull it up and read it if that's what we want to do. Um, why Tobias Merriweather is different? It's at the, yeah, it's at the bottom. Uh, you want me to read it? Or are you gonna pull it up? Oh, I got you. I got you, Horka. Let's see. Yep. Boom. I don't do comparisons, but Randy Moss and <laughs> <laughs> I I don't do comparisons, but. Randy Moss, when the ball was in the air, it's like he got faster. Tobias, the guy is right next to him, and I feel like he hits another gear and just runs away from guys. That's a very unique skill set to have. You can never outthrow him, and he makes plays down the field. It's a good quote. 
And that's why it's my kicker quote in that story. Everybody go sign up for blueandgold.com and read that story. But uh, you know what's interesting about that comment is the way that media happens, they bring these guys up and you don't have any idea what Chancey's – if you're Tobias Merriweather, you have no idea what Chancey's saying and you have no idea what Chris Tyree is sitting across the room is saying. You're in your own little bubble for these little media scrums. Whoever wants to come up and talk to you, talks to you. And I sat by Tobias the entire time today to write this story. And Tobias got asked a question about what it's like to be the guy – under the deep ball when that thing's in the air and he had an awesome quote he was like that's what you live for if you're a wide receiver and and i think he said time slows down that ball slows down you see it spiraling and then all of a sudden it's in your hands touchdown so to see that quote from chancy and then tobias say the same thing within like five minutes of each other it's like man just imagine notre dame fans imagine if this guy is the deep ball imagine if he catches 10 touchdowns this year Mm. and seven of them are deep balls. I mean, that that's a possibility. I'm just going to throw something out there. Tobias Merriweather is at 6'4", 205. And as we know, Notre Dame is pretty darn accurate with these height and weights. They don't throw an they extra They go all the way down to the eighth of an inch if they have to. Yeah, they, they're very specific. Rainy Moss, per the Google machine, is 6'4", 210 pounds. Wow. Yeah, I see in, in Tobias, you see that like early Minnesota Vikings, Randy Moss, when he was a little bit skinnier, you know, yeah. and just flying down the field. All right, not to get too ahead of ourselves. Chancey said it, man, not us. Uh, a couple more things from the YouTube checks. I did promise we'll get to, I did promise we'll get to comments. Skywalker, with really no context, um, says, How does Steve Angeli do? He's. He's a good – I mean, I'll just take it from a spring perspective. Uh, I, I, Mike, do you remember when I saw him for the first time on the practice field with all these guys? It would have been last year. But I said, whoa, he looks physically – He's quarterback last year. And he's had a whole yeah, other no. year to improve upon that and get a little bigger. And so he looks the part. Um, I think just like throwing mechanics-wise and just the way he uses his arm – is probably as impressive as any of the quarterbacks on the roster and deceptively athletic, man. I think they actually dialed up some QB like zone read type draw plays for him in the um, couple of practices that we got to see for the whole two hours. So, uh, but it it goes back to uh, what everyone's saying is Notre Dame wasting him because he's not going to, I mean, he's a third stringer in his second year, but you have to have guys like Steve Angeli on your football team because Something happens here, something happens there. If Steve Angeli is starting a football game for you and he's your third option, I think you like where you're at if you're Notre Dame. Yeah, I was trying to find a video of Steve that I took when he was a junior because just even when he was a junior, yeah, he looked darn good. But I, I, I don't. He's got that him. like NFL pocket passer body. You said it, not me. You, I, I'm not saying he's going to play in the NFL. Who knows? Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> He, you know, he looks like, um, and the game has gotten away from this a little bit because now you got Bryce Youngs who are going to potentially be drafted number one overall. But if you go back like ten years ago, and you want to like, if you're playing Madden and you're putting in the like body stats of your quarterback, you want him to look like a Steve Angeli. Whew. Yeah, Matt Bastardi did a, a really good job training him up when he was. Um... You know, a young quarterback to now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Vito Campanelli and Ed Bergen Catholic, those guys did a really good job. So, yeah, Steve Angeli 
don't know what his career looks like at Notre Dame, but I've always said, I, you know, I don't know if he'll start or what. But if he's I, the MVP of another Blue Gold game. You're going to start having people say, what the heck are we doing here? Is our best quarterback the number three guy? I think he's going to do fine in college, whether it's at Notre Dame or somewhere else. Is Price playing yet? I think you t- you touched on, um, no. you know, talking about, uh, you know, the ring back spot. But, um, yeah, can you, can you give us a quick update on, on Jadarian Price? Not playing, but – I saw him in like a shell. He was wearing pants and a jersey and he was pulling a weighted sled. So like he's doing some activity that is far beyond what he was doing even at the beginning of the spring. So I think he's a summer guy. I think like June, July hits, they're going to clear him. And once we see him in August, he's full go. Yeah. Comment here does remind folks. Yes. Moss. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what a- could have been. What what could have been Randy Moss uh, attending Notre Dame before, uh, of course, ending up at Marshall with uh, Chad Pennington. All right, la- la- we got a super chat first of the show um, as we wrap up. Would you rather win 11 games and lose a close New Year's Six Bowl with Hartman in parentheses one year or win 10 games and decent bowl with Buckner and then parentheses building for the future? I'll throw this to Tyler. My answer is a non-answer. If this is a way to be like C- it should be Buckner. Like I, this is a poor way, you know, just for folks who are thinking about this in general, because it's, it's a hypothetical with, I mean, who knows what happens with health with the, yeah. So I don't, I don't really like these. I do appreciate the super chat, of course. And it's a good question. It's a but, much better hypothetical than would you rather win the new year's six bowl game or losing the playoff. Like this one actually has some nuance to it. And you're like, okay, different quarterbacks, yeah. different win totals. Um, ooh, so, so that, that might be the kicker for me is it just says new year's six bowl. If it said playoff game, like if Sam Hartman could lead you to the playoff, you take it. You're like, all right, I'm in the, the, the revenue that comes with it. Everyone remembers the four playoff teams. Nobody remembers who played or who lost in the new year's six bowl game. So, um, I don't know. Maybe you take the ten wins with Buckner and, and uh, win the decent, decent bowl game. Or the Gator Bowl. Yeah, I don't. I, if if it's if the difference in the eleven versus the ten games is maybe a beat Ohio State versus you didn't give yeah. me the eleven. So that's kind of what yeah. it depends on. If you win ten games, you probably lose. I mean, there's three huge games on the schedule though. If you win 10 or 11 games, like if you win 11 games, then you you're, beat you're beating two of Clemson, USC, or Ohio State. And give me if the you win 10, you lose two of those, and maybe you beat USC at home. It's like it's not as uplifting. So it, you probably choose the 11 wins, right? Yeah. 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 Actually, it was a really good super chat. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, a couple other things. Coffee's for closer says Moss never made it to campus. I think I was five when that happened. Tyler was probably still in diapers. So did he like he signed? Yeah, he, he I, signed the NLI and then he never got here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to say he was Moss would have been what like the ninety nine recruiting class. I want to say something like that. So I think it was even before then. To be honest with you, you can look it up. I've got too many That's things plugged stuff. into my uh, computer to really comfortably type but oh god 95 oh you i I was born that year (laughs) yeah i was so i was the one yeah we were both in i don't know just a two-year-old diapers maybe me maybe i was still yeah i was i was born in 93 so yeah you were probably uh, still in diapers so when yeah when he was in you know getting being recruited in 1994 so i was a figment of people's imagination in 1994 
And then Rick, um, my boy Starkey says, do you have room for two extra people in the press box? I don't think so. I wish it were, I wish that worked. My, my, my father-in-law is always like, oh, there's a, a big – oh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, when they played in, at Soldier Field. Right. He's like, can you get me tickets to the you game? Know what, you know what's crazy is I've actually done it one time. My dad was visiting me because Mississippi State, Ole Miss, always play on Thanksgiving for the Egg Bowl. Okay. And my dad was like – I think it was like my second or third year there, and he's like, my son's not going to be alone on Thanksgiving, even though I had places to go. I had friends and all that. He's like, I'm going to visit. And then I was a bit like, Dad – I'm going to be covering like a college football game that this was when Elijah Moore did the pee on the, you know, peed in the end zone thing. It was, it was a whole thing, but I was like, dad, like either you're watching this on the couch in my own apartment or the hotel, whatever it is, or you like buy a ticket. I just sent out a feeler to the SID department. And like I said, I'd been there for a couple of years. They were like, no, we'll get him a pass. He can sit in the press box. Oh, really? So he sat in the press box is the one time I've ever, Every like you said, Mike. Everyone's always like, "Hey, can you do this? Can you do that?" Well, no, I can only do that for myself. One time, got my dad in the press box to watch the Egg Bowl. It was awesome. That's awesome. shout out, shout out to Bill Martin, who is now the SID at Tennessee. Great dude, hooked me up. It was great. Was he well behaved in the press box? Oh yeah, my dad doesn't say a peep. I, I think he was even scared to like eat the the spread. He was like, "Can, can I have this?" I'm like. <laughs> I think so. You've got the pass. All right. I have a similar story. Mine's fairly epic. So I was living in, I think this was, it was the Sean Watson, the year he won the national championship. So that would have been 2016, I believe. 16 season. Yeah. yeah. I was living in Clearwater, Florida, covering... Mississippi State, actually, you know, before before Tyler Horkel was yep. in Louisville. I think those were my two schools at the time. And <clears throat> Clemson and Virginia Tech played in the ACC championship game. And I wasn't covering either school, but I just I contacted our rivals guys for, for publishing both schools. And I said, hey, I'll go out and cover it for free. Um, is that cool with you? And the Virginia Tech guy said, yeah, just shoot video for the press conference for me. And sent it to me, and that's all you got to do. So I got my buddy in. So I did the whole press credential, and it was like, you know, Mike Singer written, Scott Griggs video. Oh, there's my buddy's name, Scott Griggs. And so we get the press passes, and we really had nothing to do there. We were just two buddies just watching the game, really. Obviously, cover both schools. My buddy does not work in sports media. After the game, Dabo Sweeney's press conference. Who gets the first question of Dabo Sweeney's press conference sitting next to Deshaun Watson after they just won the ACC championship game in a thriller against Virginia Tech? My buddy, Scott. Oh, my gosh. And I am livid. I am like, Scott, you do not not get to ask a question. And here it goes. Coach, what what was going through your head after you guys got that fourth down stand? And and Dabo (laughs) – chuckles and i want to say maybe it's just legend and he goes oh, that's a great question and i'm just yeah. like, no, you're like no way no way i've never told that story before and now i just you know, that was a good story at least you at least it wasn't a talk about question talk and, about this dabo yeah and that's we awesome still, we still um you know <laughs> I, I have the video of it on my phone incredible um, yeah so here is uh Oh my goodness! Well, if you can see, there's Dabo and yep. Deshaun. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. And, and your buddy's uh, asking my buddy. Oh. <laughs> and I'm sitting right here next to him. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, there's my story. All right. You got the Dallas Stars game starting in in 10 minutes. So, we will yep. we'll let you get to that. Um, yeah, great show tonight. Appreciate you guys watching. Hit that thumbs up. Uh, if you're listening to via podcast, please leave us a, a kind review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to sign off again Saturday after the the uh, the spring game. We'll have a show. We'll have a show Sunday night with a bunch of us, Goolsby, Hyde included. And then we'll have a recruiting show this Friday. I mean, three days in a row we're having YouTube live shows and, of course, more content next week as well. So appreciate you guys. Hit that thumbs up. And as always, we'll catch you next time. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.